Hello, I'm Laura Castleton, U.S. Head of Portfolio Construction and Strategy at Janus Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janus Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of brighter futures for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. Uh, futures are steady. Bond yields slip a bit this morning as July CPI is in line. Uh, year-on-year core a bit light as we get some signs of moderation in the prices of used cars and trucks. Ten-year, 135. Our roadmap begins with a profit warning from Southwest as the Delta variant sweeps through the nation. Plus, the Senate approving a $3.5 trillion budget blueprint. And that's all it is right now. This, though, just hours after passing that infrastructure plan. And shares of Coinbase are on the move. Profits surging following a volatile stretch of crypto trading. We'll start out, though, with uh, the CPI print, which Jim was just talking with uh, Scott about. Interesting, Jim. Uh, used cars and trucks last month were up 10.5. This month, almost flat. Right. Uh, you said Mannheim Index, and that showed you that that's very predictive. Uh, I think that uh, I'm thinking about what you tweeted this morning about maybe consumer slowdown. I would say that the more available cars are, the the, uh, less that index can climb. So there was a little bit more availability as a a major uh, semiconductor company went back on, on, uh, uh, I don't know, it had caught a fire in Japan and it went back online. So I know Ford had more cars. Uh, GM still troubled because of Malaysia COVID. David, I think that we may have hit some sort of wall here of how much people want to pay for things. You think so? And you think that because you well, see you, the wall? Well, I mean, a used car, you're paying, in some cases, above new car prices. And I think that in the end, the people are saying, okay, well, look, let me just wait. It'll come down. Right. If I, ha- if I can wait, I will wait. If I can wait. Yeah. Well. Yeah. That's, that's the kind of insight you've come to expect here. I, I, I just I froze you. Yep. Look, see something, say something. Yes. It's kind of like that. I always say I have a keen sense for the obvious. Yep. But no, I, I think that we may have hit some level where people are just saying it costs too much to travel. I'm not going to I'm not I don't want to get sick when I travel. Uh, you know what? I don't want to pay up for a used car. Maybe I can get a new one. So maybe there's just a little bit of a wake up call. And that the CPI did demonstrate that maybe we got to some some price where people are saying, can I wait a little? There's some discussion that the transitory prices are normalizing, but yes. that more structural pricing is actually gaining steam. Shelter is going to be something to watch. Uh, restaurants, Jim, up eight-tenths. That's the biggest since 81. Well, restaurants uh, are, look, I mean, there's, there is a discretionary component. People want to go out. I mean, one of the things we do keep hearing over and over again is, you know what? We're sick of being cooped up, but... We're also now worried about Delta. And there's such a big group of people who are saying the hell with Delta uh, that I think that I'd be worried about Delta here, the airline. There, I did it for you. You did. You did. Because of Delta, I'm worried about Delta. Right. Well, because of Southwest, you may be worried about Delta as well. No, I'm just seeing seriously. That's the first. Southwest broke with the... I'd say, I don't want to call it logic, 
But the, with the, oh, it broke with the storyline that yes. don't worry about Delta. Don't worry about it because you don't die. That had been the storyline. And now you're starting to get another storyline, which is that, you know what? I don't want to get sick. Right. Important storyline. Now, we didn't get that from um, Adam Aaron yesterday. No. No. Uh, we didn't. No. Um, but Delta does you know, although, Southwest doesn't lie. So no, and Southwest saying, of course, the company's recently experienced a deceleration in close-in bookings and an increase in close-in trip cancellations in August, uh, which are believed to be driven by that recent uh, rise in COVID cases, right. of course, associated with the Delta variant. And so their outlook from the third quarter operating revenues has worsened by what they're saying is an estimated three to four points from the previous outlook only three weeks ago. Guys, I will tell you, though, um, I talked to uh, you know, a couple of hedge funds who like to do real-time tracking of all sorts of economic data. Yeah. You know, we, and um, they're not seeing as much of a slowdown of right-in-the-moment stuff. In other words, people going out and doing things right, right now. Right. But they are seeing a slowdown in future bookings. Yes. And well, by that, I'm not yeah. even talking. I'm talking weeks out yeah. and months out. People are just pulling back right now, right. it would seem, and saying, I'll wait. I'll wait. Norwegian, too. Norwegian. I have Norwegian on uh, tonight. They saw a slight. In the, in the last month. Right. But if it is true, as Scott, as Scott Wapner is saying, that Gottlieb's going to be right, that it could burn out, then you want to book for future months. It's just this current moment. And then there's this, you know, we started off talking about inflation, Carl. And yeah. there, is a, there, is a, there is a question as to whether Frank Del Rio is going to be a guest with you tonight. Thank you. Uh, uh, does it take, does this, pulling back a little bit, take an edge off inflation. I think it does. But as you said, there are some structural issues. We still don't know. Um, you know, we did have some we do have some information that when people come back after the employment uh, benefits, they're not going back down. I mean, but there is a little bit more availability. I mean, think about Uber. Remember what he said, what Dara said, that there are more drivers in cities where the benefits expired. And so that could be another way that Jay is right. Remember, I'm in the Jay Wright candidate. Not Jay Wright, the great coach from Nova. I'm in the Jay's right. Look, Jay's not. Jay's been pretty good, and yet he's been dabbled all the way. Now the what? The left wants to throw him throw him under the bus. <laughs> I don't think, right, the left wants to throw I, the guy under the bus. Uh, yeah, a lot of uh, headlines yesterday about progressives who progressives. would prefer to see maybe Brainerd uh, in the chair, but I don't know. I mean, at this point. <laughs> Is he, does he, uh, he's clearly not going to take any kind of victory lap. No, it, but he doesn't do that. He's like the least showman-oriented uh, Fed chief. I mean, even Janet Yellen was more exciting. Oh, what a benchmark. What a just gold standard there. But I think Jay has done a remarkable job, and yet there's people keep criticizing him. I think he's going to turn out very right once we get either everybody vaccinated or everybody gets sick. Now, we are godly, and he says there's no way out. You're either going to get vaccinated or you're going to get sick. What? That's What are you laughing Once at? Once we either get vaccinated or everybody gets sick. Okay. Well, no, no, but that's, no, that's what he, right. he says that every day. What right. am I? Is that revelatory? No, it's not. It's not. It's just funny hearing it. What, are you on the subway when he says that every day? He says it every day. No, he does. I mean, and your, your point about his tweet last night, he posted a bunch of charts. He did. Of Gottlieb, Florida, yeah. Arkansas, Louisiana, Nevada. Clear evidence, he says, that the surge is slowing. Now, the problem is hospitalizations don't just disappear no. when infections start to decline. No, and I, but look, I mean, one of the things, we're so much obviously better at handling it. The medical community really learned a great deal, obviously. Uh, and the medical community should be uh, congratulated on being able to, to handle this. At the same time, there is this, you don't, if you can delay a trip, it, because you're afraid of getting sick, then you're going to delay it. 
all that's happening. Yes, people altering their expectations of what they're doing a few months out. Well, because we point. read about and Texas. Waiting. And so, attention. okay, right. And that is reflected potentially in what Southwest, although right. Southwest is even talking about things that are even closer term than a, than a right. few months out. But you could argue Southwest is in the area, is the most heavily uh, traveled area of people who are anti-vaccination. You mean because of these, the, the root system in the South? Yes. Is that what you mean? Yes. Yeah. I mean, over and over again, we're hearing that. Now, people have to go read this decision that was in favor of Norwegian, where the judge, federal judge, not a hack from what I can tell, said, look, you've got to understand there is no protected class called the unvaccinated. And right. Florida wants to protect that class. It's not a class. Right. That said, though, um Gary Kelly at Southwest and a number of the other airlines are not following United's lead well, that's in mandating vaccines for their what, it's employees. Like, it's pathetic. United's tough. Disney's tough. The banks are tough. These guys, they're waiting well, for the city FDA. city actually came out with a mandate for those who want to return to the office that, that you need to be vaccinated. But that's not the case for. Well, no, but they're worried about this cohort that could, put, could pick at them. Right. Mm-hmm. The cohort that could. I don't know, jam up their phones, whatever they can do. Do you think it's about, uh, I, I mean, United is based in a northern part of the country. Yes. Whereas the other three are based in the south. I think that's very true, yeah. Carl. And I really think, again, this notion of trying to get everybody vaccinated is one that, the, that because the president didn't do it and the FDA didn't do it, it has given a lot of people the out of not having to do it. But uh, got the military coming. He finally, but you know, look, General Eisenhower, who was then became President Eisenhower, just said, "Listen, nobody has. We want to end polio. So, beginning next week, you're going to go to high school and you're going to get a shot." Because he was Eisenhower, and it was a different time. We had an outbreak of smallpox in this city. Seven million people vaccinated in a couple of weeks. Under all understood. Um, right. No, I just wonder if Gottlieb is right and, and things are starting to turn, as he said they might, because of what you <laughs> mentioned. Because everybody's getting because it. Because either everybody gets it and or everybody is vaccinated. And you have people pulling back a bit, so you take the edge off inflation. That would seem to be not a bad scenario for stocks. Look, I, it, what? Have you noticed see stocks go up a lot? What do you like? It's a great scenario. Mm-hmm. And now we have, let's throw some more money on the fire with the infrastructure package. Right. And then up with the $3 trillion or whatever package. $3.5 trillion is a long way from actually getting no, but passed. The infra- it would need to be the reconciliation. The infra- Republicans, that's got yeah, a very difficult be, road well, with August. Manchin and Cinema potentially not in favor of it when it really got to a point of vote. But what did you matter. think about the infrastructure package? Well, uh, now the House has said that the Senate would need to pass something, which that's I right. guess they have, right? So, or is that what, I mean, is infra- that what... Is that what the House, what the Senate did yesterday? Does that count for the House to say that we will now will come back in August and and handle this? But you're right about Manchin's comment today. Given the current state of recovery, uh, simply irresponsible to continue spending at levels more suited to a Great Depression or Great Recession. That's true. I mean, look, they're just continuing. Well, that's the problem. Jay, I have to imagine, is trying to. He he really is trying to walk a tightrope between what Congress wants to give and and inflation because interest rates are incredibly low. Well, look at the uh, I mean, I know you've been all over this, the corporate bond issuance this week. We're going to do 40 billion this week alone. Intel with five uh, in a five part deal this uh, last couple of days. And I, people want it. People thirsting for yield. Even it's a pathetic yield. People are wondering. I, I had a guy ask me for money yesterday on the subway 
And then he said, oh, you're from CNBC. Do you think the Fed's going to taper? I kid <laughs> no you. Way. I kid you not that actually happened. And I had to share it. And what did you say to him? I said, it's a good question. I don't know. Then he had more questions. Cool. I mean, maybe questions. you should have given him an answer. And I said, well, why don't you have it? You, you can't find a job, he said. Then he said something about a lot of 333s and 666s and earnings reports. And ah, I noticed that. Okay. But anyway, no, no crypto. No, nothing on nothing crypto. Nothing on crypto. Ask about crypto. So he didn't. Asked about the taper. Asked about whether China was the reigning economic power now. Asked about um, inflation. Asked about, said COVID was. Did he? So he asked not everything real. in the form of a question. Do you think there's anything having to do with Jeopardy? <laughs> on the, on the, on the, it no. was not Jeopardy. It was no, entirely no, no, it was CBC. On the platform of 42nd Street. Okay, so does that mean we sell COVID everything? was not real, and, and I realized <laughs> didn't have a mask on, and I was like, okay. <laughs> but next thing you're going to be talking about flying cars. <laughs> it was flying cars, yeah. Well, he didn't get to that. He didn't ask me about Joby. Cars? He didn't ask me about Joby. Joby but he did want to know about the taper. So, I, I, Jay's going to be right. Back with Jay. Jay. Jay has been consistently right. What do you want? What do I want? <laughs> Well, you, that's, I think that that the subway instance may have been anecdotal. I'm not. That's <laughs> not empirical. I, I had to share it. It happened yesterday. Wow. He went to six six six. We talked about the later. Devils? He came back through the car and yelled towards me. Yes. <laughs> you notice that earnings reports have a lot of three three threes and six six sixes. I said, let's oh. get someone on that. Yeah. We'll look at that. Uh, take a look at futures this morning. Been pretty steady uh, on the heels of the CPI print. <laughs> we'll talk about uh, Wendy's quarter. Nice little uh, uh, raise of guidance there. Coinbase, of course, downgrade of a Virgin Galactic. Uh, as Squawker the Street continues in a moment. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Overnight, the Senate narrowly passed a $3.5 trillion budget blueprint, which contains many of the president's spending priorities. The approval, of course, uh, is... uh 50-49 along party lines after votes on nearly 50 amendments that took about 14 hours. And that follows yesterday's bipartisan passage of the $1 trillion infrastructure bill. This is what the CEO of Nucor had to say about it with Jim last night on Mad Money. My 25 years in this industry, we are as close to having a meaningful infrastructure bill in this nation. And as Nucor sees it, Jim, it's really through a lens of three things. It's about America's safety. America's competitiveness, and lastly, the resurgence of American manufacturing. If we've learned anything through this pandemic, it's that this nation must be a nation that makes and builds things here in America. We did get a lot of attaboys from National Association of Manufacturers in the U.S. Chamber yesterday. I I was very impressed. Uh, Leon Tapalian, he's a no-nonsense 
steel comp, uh, CEO, uh, just like John Furrier and before him, Dan D'Amico. And they had been uh, adamant that they that our country needed this. There's trillions of dollars in bad roads and trillions of dollars in bridges and tunnels. And they got it. And uh, right now, this industry is doing incredibly well. Uh, but a lot of people feel it's going to plummet next year. I think this infrastructure bill means it won't. Uh, new course been building factory after factory. Be ready for this. Remember, they use recycled uh, scrap. They do not uh, burn coal the way that China does. And I thought it was just very impressive. And it makes a lot of sense still to buy the stock. Uh, Cleveland Cliffs, obviously, is the one that's most levered. Talk about Cleveland Cliffs. They've got old plants, new course, new plants. But this is very real. I, you know, I was afraid he might say, you know what, just drop in the bucket. Just the opposite. He's saying this is a very real infrastructure attempt. And I left, left it feeling pretty darn good. I liked it. Uh, you've been talking about this for a little bit of time now. Yeah. And you see, I mean, obviously, we talked Nucor yesterday, and the stock has had a great move, but frankly, less than some of the others we're looking at. Those moves are already, I mean, you don't think any of this well, is already priced in? No, I do not. Really? Right, because Nucor sells at six times earnings, and Cleveland you, sells you at five times earnings. You pointed that out with that expectation, five times earnings. That, the, that, the, the stocks, that the cycle that is going gonna, to. Right. Uh, but remember, you've got uh, auto with tremendous de- demand. You've got non-residential coming back very hard. You have uh, these big kinds of what I would describe as steel that you use for construction for governments that is just right in their wheelhouse. I mean, this is a company that's very impressive. Now, remember that Cleveland Cliffs is cobbled together by a couple of other what people thought were uh, plants that were going to go down. And they've saved them, and it's a terrific company. U.S. Steel is now very small. Um, there are a lot of entities bigger than U.S. Steel now, yes, David. a lot. Quite a few. But new course. In fact, I could probably better. name about 100 SPACs that are bigger than U.S. Steel. Yes. Joby might be bigger than. <laughs> oh, it is. Do, do you think the crypto community was right to be so outraged about, no, about the not. definition of a broker? Well, I think the crypto community, so to speak, has gotten a free ride. And I heard uh, the, the uh, CFO of Coinbase come on. There was a moment there, I mean, obviously everybody's very truncated on TV, it's a shame, where she talked about how they basically have to school Gary Gensler. You know, I wouldn't say that if I were them, that they have to teach Gary. Did she, did, did she say that yeah. on there? Yeah, see, that's... He's the SEC. Mm-hmm. That's the government. Mm-hmm. Unlimited firepower. <laughs> They're a private enterprise. You are, could be regulated by him if he decides I want to regulate. I would not be in the. I would not be in a position, Dave. Let's say that uh, I wanted something from Gary Gensler. I would not start out by saying, "Let me teach you the way it works." <laughs> Let me, hey, buddy, it's buddy. Probably not the best way no, to go about it. No, particularly because yeah. he was a professor of, of yeah, crypto. He yeah. And he knows more than any of these people. And he's not, he, by the way, he's not self-interested because he works for the government. Yeah. And he's a regulator. Well, but you know what? Maybe he needs a little teaching. Yeah, who knows? There's a generational divide teach? there between Mr. Gensler and the right. CFO but you don't of Coinbase. Go, they, they, Maybe there's plenty that, that he could be taught. The, the commission, historically, has not liked to be taught. The commission's got an awful lot on his plate. Oh, God, so you still much. Did you see the plate I put together in my uh, the show? The plate is enormous. And today, I mean, yeah. Gary Gensler is I mean, a molding test. It's well beyond that, though. A long story in the journal today I thought was worth a read on climate and on measuring all the different things we try to measure because it's so, become so important in the investing approach from so many people in terms of carbon uh, output, in terms of 
social and the SEC there is going to try to well, impose some oh, just a standards. Just a second. Social gonna, media, Reddit participation. I, right. I'm just going to call Gary and tell him I got to come down there and teach him <laughs> about these things. You know, I like Gary, but I got yeah. to get him caught up on the facts. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> right on our air. I got to go down and teach a regulator. The regulators own you. Who would ever? And that, that, that person knew this. You do not tell a regulator, let me tell you how to do your job. See, because that's what they do to you, and they've got the firepower. David, they've got the divisions. You don't have the divisions. We're going to get more into Coinbase and the quarter itself. Uh, trading volume was up double digits. Uh, we'll get Kramer's Mad Dash. We'll count down to the opening bell. We'll take a look at futures as we'll get the opening bell here in about 10 minutes. Don't go away. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. A lot to get to this morning, including the inflation print. We're watching yields. The White House calling on OPEC Plus uh, to boost production. Of course, the, the budget framework passed by the Senate. Futures have been slowly getting better. We'll see what the open brings us in about five minutes. Don't go away. All right, let's get to a mad dash now with uh, Jim as we count down an opening bell. we got, what, two and a half minutes or so before we get started with trading here on Hump Day at the New York Stock Exchange. GE, and by the way, don't be confused on your screen when you see it have triple digits. Oh, that was going to be my starter, which I'm is sorry. that you, you may think it's gone up a lot. Yeah, but it hasn't. Okay. Um, all right. How many stocks in the S&P 500? Uh, well, it used to be 500. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Okay, so get this. Steve Tusa, he is weighted to talk about G, but now he has spoken. And he says, the headline raised industrial free cash flow was the highlight of GE's second quarter. That's what I really like. That made me very bullish. That we believe the construct remains detached from reality. Yeah. The construct. The construct. He's basically saying, listen, don't, don't buy into any of that. Uh, that the consensus anchor that, that people like is backward looking. 50% less free cash flow than an adjusted industrial construct will be history when they close the capital wall. Let me just put this in English. Yep, thank you. He's basically saying that you think they're making a lot of money and they're not. Okay. And it's an incredibly critical piece that basically says, while business trends are not all bad, uh, cash conversion okay, decent move in cash earnings per share alone is not as material as the big non-EBITDA, David, you like this, related cash swings here. In other words, what he's saying is, please don't be fooled by the fact that it looks like they're doing really well because they're not doing really well. What's the matter? I just want to see his price target. Oh, my. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, let's, uh, and, you know, our viewers, Jim, may not fully remember. I mean, it's been a while since we mentioned Tusa. He is by far the most influential analyst. By far. GE. For quite a number of years, he was negative on the company when it was reporting numbers that were not as bad as many had feared. And then, of course, it got really bad quickly, and he was proved 
correct. He has right. a $40 price target. Well, that's pretty aggressive. But I think the main thing, David, we've all been using free cash flow. One of the things that changed, by the way, in 2021, you didn't want to hear about free cash flow more than you want to hear about anything because it's such a true number. Yes. And what he's saying is he's cutting his free cash flow estimates. That is very, very negative. So be aware that while GE seems like it's moved up substantially, he says now's a good time perhaps to be careful, GE. We pay pay a lot of attention to what he says. There's the opening of Bell and the CNBC real-time exchange. At the big board, it is Ariel ride-sharing company Joby Aviation celebrating its listing deal. Back at the NASDAQ, it's the Glimpse Group focused on virtual and augmented reality for K-12 education. Um, What do we think of Joby Um, as they bring one of their, uh, their aircraft to the to outside of the exchange. Well, I mean, I'm a I'm a Phil LeBeau fan at all times because he's the best there is. And Phil is saying, you know, 2024. Now I think there's a lot of people listening, and I think they're going to hail a Joby outside of a really good meal at Le Bernadette. Like, hey, Joby, like it's a Uber. David, it may not be like that. Not so fast. It'll get you back to the suburbs very quickly. Uh, the CEO actually said with Phil this morning that even by as soon as 2030, he expects them to be fully automated. In other words, you'll get into the Joby without a pilot. No, just, no. Just you and me. No, not me. Yeah. You'll get into one without a pilot. And then we, I actually am still And then we can have yet. drop-offs. And you can drop off with a parachute somewhere, and then I'll, you know, get taken to my destination. How about Blade? you take Blade? I do not. Blade? No. I've, I've taken it once. Tried it. Yeah. How was it? I mean, it's... It works. It's not faster than the LIE. Right? Faster than the LIE. And it's not noisy either. There are I'm just two, saying, I, that blade, but I'm saying yeah. Blade is here now. It, it is here now. And it's as a, Rob it's what, a helicopter that uses fuel. This is electric and will be a, auto, a, autonomous um, Great. and is for urban use. We call them flying cars. I've always kidded about that. They're not, but they are sort of urban mobility, well, the Jetsons. taxi kind of things. Um, well, listen, Julius, and Archer is the other name, ACIC. We had Ken Mullis on last week, of course, one of the sponsors of Atlas Crest, um, which is buying Archer or merging with Archer, I should say. Also 2024. It takes a while for the FAA to approve these things as you want them, as you want it to. But right. you know what? We could be here three years. And if they hit those targets, these things are going to start to actually you're going to start seeing them. certification of a novel aircraft is a big deal. Right. And that's what. Some of the skeptics say is be careful about that timeline. Right. What we really care about is the certification of the MAX in China. Now, uh, I don't know exactly what it takes. One, one, one uh, went up and came back down successfully in China. The number of jobs that are on the line, if that thing gets certified. I mean, remember, there's a shortage of, uh, as opposed to Joby, there's a big shortage of planes and uh, and China needs planes, but they're using Airbus. Airbus is doing very well. But last month, Boeing actually did better. I am surprised Boeing stock cannot get off the schneid here, even though if China approves it, it's a big deal. In the meantime, the previous CPI number was, was very bad for the stock market. This one is being interpreted as very good, particularly for growth names, which have been hammered of late. I like this. Retail's up, too. Yep, yep. Uh, the combination of that and the infrastructure uh, the play, Jim's. I mean, I guess if you get, if we do get a, a rollover in case growth in the next week, as some models predict, then you're looking at maybe, uh, Tom Lee calls it an everything rally going into the end of the year. I like that. You do? 
you buy, you buy I that? like that term, everything. <laughs> Do I buy it? Look, I, uh, I need oil to come down. Oil's coming down. I need cases to peak, cases are peaking. I need that, that money uh, to be continued to spend. It's the child uh, credit. Uh, and I need J-PAL to not waver. Right. And then, yeah, it's an everything market. David, everything. Okay. Oh, okay. Jim. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm fine with that. I want it to be an everything market. Oh. That would be exciting. I mean, we do have names like Home Depot, Jim. That's a three-month high on HD. Yeah. Uh, have you looked at Walmart lately? Walmart just jumped nine points. Nine points. Walmart's the biggest... Biggest you were noting retail. it yesterday as well. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, everyone's record. Now we've got a preview Walmart Omnichannel deep dive. What people are saying is that Target, uh, while Target's been consistently great, Walmart Plus has gone from 11 million to 13 million. A lot of people thought that Walmart Plus had been of a bit of a bust. That's their, that is very much their Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. It would be pretty amazing if that came back. David. I'm trying to figure out. Have you ever heard of a company? Yesterday we missed it. Yes. KPLT Catapult. Catapult? uh, Yeah, it was a SPAC. Um, It's been cut in half or more. Uh, They reported results before the market opened, I guess, yesterday. But I was just taking a look at it. Because, you know, Joby is a SPAC, obviously, that is now de-SPAC today. ACIC. Uh, is going to soon with Archer. There's Catapult. That's, well, you, that's pretty ugly. Okay. Um, but you know what, David? Meaningful have you changes at- in both e-commerce, retail sales forecasts, and consumer spending behavior, as well as the onset of new policies from COVID-19 variants, macro trends, uncertainty, predicting consumer purchase behaviors from the remainder of the year. They withdrew their guidance. And that has just been really ugly. Nice. And you can add it to a growing list of SPACs that oh, no, not all, well. Many are blowing up. It's also spelled wrong. I mean, they spelled it wrong. Now, listen, David. Yeah. Let me tell you something is incredibly odd. Albertsons yesterday appoints a CFO, okay, a yeah. new CFO, uh, out of uh, Best Buy. Yeah. Right. How much is this new CFO worth to Albertsons? Wow. Look at that. Yeah. Now, see, and uh, going back and forth with the CEO, that's not, it was not memed. That was not the apes that took it up. That was actually, I think, Barclays, which had a sell on the stock, telling everyone to avoid it, went to a hole. Wow. And that's what happens. We still have considerable number of shorts here. And the, the trade was go long Kroger and go short Albertsons. Well, that didn't turn out, did it? David? No, Jim, it didn't. <laughs> Thank you. I just wanted you to demonstrate the same level of enthusiasm for me that you did for Matt. <laughs> well, you know, Matt was right a lot. Oh, oh you son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, God. That's it. That's it. That's it. I like it. I like the edge. That was it. Come on. You just betrayed me. You, I was about to do. I would never betray you. you. But that was, I regarded that I'm as critical. At the very end, man. I thought that was Standing critical. by your side. All right. Every so often, I got to, you know. Matt, yeah. of course. Matt, I'm, what, am I, yeah. are you implying that I'm one of those other contestants? <laughs> you know, hey, it's a big o- ocean. Uh... <laughs> Uh, Lake Superior. Matt Amodio, of course, the current Jeopardy champion who was on during my week has been very, very good. Still good. good. Albertsons. Get this. This is the Barclays title. Win some, lose some. Well, you just lost a ton of money for the shorts, which the apes must love. Remember the the apes. Can you imagine we're actually. I know. I know. Adam Aaron on on Twitter this morning talking about payment for payment in Bitcoin. We should just go to the Bronx Zoo and do the darn show from there. Bronx Zoo is awesome. I haven't been in a while. I used to love. Love to go Is that to the butterfly Bronx exhibit Zoo. still 
It was. I, I don't know if it still is. I haven't been in a while. I used to yeah. go a lot. Well, I miss those days. Okay, let's. Um, that's all. All right, well let's. Good. You know what you're talking about the meme stocks. AMC actually, Jim. It's funny. It was up substantially in the pre-market yesterday. Yeah, once it, it began trading, it. it couldn't hold, and it is down again at almost three percent. Do you think today. he indicated at all that he's going to sell stock? You don't think a convertible bond? He didn't really give you that vibe at all. No, he did didn't. He? No, he didn't. He mentioned his own personal holdings when we asked about right. them, and mentioned he's 67, and at some point would look for some diversification. Perhaps later this year, or early next year, I guess is right. Is that what you said? Well, it's interesting. Newcore is up three when the day started. Now it's only up one. We got to be, you know, there's there's some skepticism developing in some areas. I'm watching plug power kind of roll over a little, but I'm watching some of the traditional growth stocks making their way back. Yep. Uh, we haven't touched on either Wendy's. Uh, they do beat and raise 20% div hike. And uh, the former Weight Watchers, Jim, on some sub-growth that was a clear miss and a earnings, 48 cents misses by 17 cents. I have Todd Penegar on, the CEO of Wendy's. I thought the stock should be up more. That was at one point a meme stock because 20% dividend boost, the comp store's really great. Uh, Very rare on the Weight Watchers call. They literally said, listen, we didn't do well. They did not try to spin it. And uh, I give them credit for saying they didn't do well. Uh, you're going to have Wendy CEO on with you tonight. Yeah, Todd um, Pettigrew. Yeah, not, not, I thought for a second maybe you are going to bring Weight Watchers on. Uh, no, because they're con- contraindicators. <laughs> yes, yes, they It's are. a good hedge. Yes, right? they are. Oh, it's like the Albertsons where they where that, that analyst gaffed everybody. Yeah, you were not happy with him or with the CFO from Coinbase. You're, you're, See, the Coinbase was like, well, anytime you, like I said, it's just not an, the, the chief, the head of the SEC is a person of great, Stature. So you don't, like, say, i got to go down there and teach him. And teach him. It's um, insulting. How about that? It's insulting. Guys, a quick follow on our story yesterday, of course, on the rails with uh, Canadian Pacific making an alternative offer to acquire uh, Kansas City Southern. Remember, so much of this right now is up to Kansas City Southern shareholders. We're going to have a vote to approve the current deal with Canadian National. That uh, vote is scheduled for the 19th of this month, of August. But yesterday we got an uh, unexpected release from the STB saying basically that they will make a decision on the proposed voting trust no later than August 31st. The board has received many inquiries as to the timing of a board decision on the pending voting trust motion. And particularly in light of that, uh, they say that shareholder vote, therefore they are going to um, give you an answer by the 31st. So that could be soon. What I'm hearing, as you'd expect, of course, no surprise here, from people close to a Canadian, uh, from, excuse me, from Kansas City Southern is, well, we're, you know, if it's not, we're going to adjourn the meeting until we get the ruling on the voting trust. That's the key here for Canadian National. Doesn't mean they're going to get a yes or no, but it will give them certainly if it's a, some sort of a path uh, if they have to, you know, if, in terms of what they would need to do and will give everybody a much better idea as to the whether or not they're going to be actually able to pursue that. They've been a good actor the whole way, haven't they? KSU, to try to get the most for shareholders. Yes, I think that's a fair really statement. really been terrific. Yes. You know, the company, when I, my and communications with them was somewhat similar to Adam Aaron. Hey, listen, I work for the shareholders. We're going to get the most money. They have no sports shirt, nothing. Just let, let's make money for people. I, I really yeah. enjoy them. I hope that they get get somewhere else and are not, or not fired because they are very great breath of fresh air. Right. Really terrific. You know, one thing we've not touched on is this uh, this White House statement uh, from Jake Sullivan, a national security advisor, basically 
prodding OPEC to boost production, asking the um, FTC to consider monitoring what they call the legal activity. But clearly they have their eye on gas prices right now. Yes, they do. And I think one of the things they have to recognize, I had Scott Sheffield on last night, the largest landowner in the the Permian uh, Pioneer. And what's incredible is that they, along with Devin, which is a, which is Rick Moncrief, regarded to be an incredibly uh, shareholder friendly, these guys are no longer just drilling their darn fool heads off. They are actually trying to return free cash flow to the shareholders. Uh, you are not going to see a dramatic expansion in the amount of oil that's being pumped in the Permian. So it's we're not bringing the price down. And I think that's important. We're asking them to bring the price down. But our guys are being so judicious. You know, the Pioneer does its complete dividend dividend uh, plan. They'd be the highest dividend in the S&P in terms of returning, you know, do a variable dividend. Uh, Devin, too. These are great companies. They have listened to the shareholders. They're incredibly conscious of what happened at Exxon. Right. They are trying so hard to cut to uh, flare much less, particularly Pioneer. But these are now model citizens. And I know at one point I said on here you can't invest in these guys. Yeah, these guys, did. These guys have listened. Man, I've got to tell you, they are trying to do everything they can to cut back on emissions and to get it right. And I have to salute them. They're um, doing terrific things. And they've been disciplined. Very disciplined. Right. And that and continues to be the case, which is why, as you say, production out wait, of the no, Permian we're not, we're not is not getting, rising to meet right. what has been a rising price. No. They're um, being judicious. They, If you're a shareholder, they're saying, we make a lot of cash. We do. Uh, we're going to now return it. Devin's dividend yield and, and Pioneer's Pioneer. dividend yield are two of the highest in the S&P. Well, you should make a, I mean, you, when, you, when people look, they're going to see that they're not it's that very, high. So you need, to, you need to make that clear to people that that, that is right. The yield, as currently stated, is not but one the, of the highest. The judges have said that I can call, that I say it's very, that that's going to count. It's very. It's kind of like we can insecure when it comes to the uh, password. Understood. There, you get a... Uh, I just want people to, to understand that if everything works out, they're going to give an, a space dividend and a variable dividend. And if people want income, I am recommending Pioneer right here, right now, if they want income. All right. I'm glad we touched on that. We do have the Dow up almost 170, record highs uh, for the S&P and the blue chips. Let's get to Bob Bassani. Hey, Bob. Hello, Carl. Uh, so what is somewhat tamer inflation fears uh, worth to the market? Well, it's worth about 10 points right now. We got CPI that wasn't really much tamer. It was just tamer than it's been recently, about in line with expectations. But that's good enough for the market. Uh, we moved up on the futures market uh, on that, and we opened on the upside, as Carl said, at record highs. It's not clear how much this really does lower the chance of uh, suddenly coming out uh, at the uh, Jackson Hole meeting with a tapering announcement, or whether that dramatically lowers those chances. But the market thinks it's a positive. I'll tell you one thing for sure. Those lower car prices or moderating uh, car prices, that's definitely a victory for the inflation is transitory camp uh, for sure. So at least so far, uh, Powell has been right on this. In terms of sectors here, sort of a mixed open. Materials, uh, uh, tech was up a little bit. Banks have been lagging through most of the week. Energy has been a, a loser throughout the whole month. Uh, we had a large crowd out here for uh, the uh, our electric vehicle, our, our EVTOL, uh, this morning here. But I just want to point out the ETF sitting new highs, the lithium. Uh, electric vehicle has been doing very well. Vanguard, Megacap, this is all the biggest stocks in the S&P, the small group that's the biggest ones, hitting new highs. Low volatility stuff is doing really well. So we're talking about Costco, Procter & Gamble, Pepsi, Johnson & Johnson, uh, all doing really well. Meanwhile, uh, Joby, hope you saw 
uh, Phil's interview with the CEO of Joby. The, the guys just were very excited down here. It's all the old school, you know, fl flying cars. Where's my jetpack crowd? Uh, and they were just oogling uh, the EVTOL vehicle that's out there, the electric takeoff and landing vehicle. Reed Hoffman had the, the great line about this, uh, Tesla meets Uber in the air. Of course, uh, Reed was one of the guys uh, who was involved in that whole SPAC business. Meantime, uh, and there you see, Joby opened uh, up about 10%, opened at $11.20 right behind me. Meantime, a lot of talk about an IPO land, a lot of pushback on prices. We're in a quiet period in August. This always happens in August. But we did not end well in the last couple of weeks. It just fell apart. Seven IPOs were postponed. Why were they postponed? Because the buyers didn't want to pay the prices. They wanted lower prices, and the guys who were offering it just, just walked away from the deals, essentially. We also saw price cuts. Companies went public, but Dole and Weber had to cut the prices. Weber very noticeably cut their prices. The worst thing, the big thing, is the aftermarket returns have been terrible. Aftermarket is the day after it goes public. You usually get a first-day pop in most IPOs. The question is, what happens after that? They've been terrible in the last few months, losing 8%, the average IPO. That means the average viewer, the average CNBC viewer who buys in on an IPO on the first day of trading actually ends up losing money. Now, that's getting pushback because we've got a whole bunch of companies that are out there. And there you see the Renaissance IPO. That's the main basket of, of, of IPOs uh, that has uh, been uh, underperforming the S&P 500. Uh, and it's flat this year with the S&P 500 up 18 percent. That's a real warning sign. So there's big names that are coming in the second half of the year. Why does all this matter? Because they're trying to figure out what the prices are going to be in the second half of the year. And there's already pushback from people saying, wait a minute, we've been losing money. We've, you've got to change the prices. So here's some of the names. Rivian's coming, an electric vehicle company. Global Foundries, that's a huge semiconductor designer, manufacturer. You know Instacart. That's going to be, that's going to be a $40 billion valuation on that one. Authentic Brands, Forever 21 is still out there. Nautica could go back in. Nerd wallets, personal financing, Toro's out there. And Carl, we've got Rent the Runway still that's sitting out there. We've got Fresh Market. Um, Stripe, the online payment firm, is sitting out there. My point is, big companies, but there's a lot of discussion about what the right price will be. Street is pushing back, and that's good for people who are buyers of IPOs. Carl, back to you. Uh, thank you, uh, Bob Bassani. Still to come this morning, former Fed Governor Randy Krosner with his perspective on this morning's inflation print. What's next for the Fed? First, though, let's take a look at the bond report, see how Treasuries are faring in the wake of CPI. We did get a drop a little bit below 135 on the 10-year, uh, hanging on just a bit above that now. We'll be right back. American Express joining the list of companies revising their return to work plans due to the Delta variant spread. According to an internal memo seen by Reuters, Amex has postponed a full return of employees to its offices until at least October 11, wow. uh, joining the likes of Wells Fargo, Amazon, Microsoft, BlackRock, Jim. Well, you know, David did that anecdotal story about the fellow who asked him on the subway about whether the Fed's going to taper. I've gone for the last 30 years, gone in from Summit, New Jersey, and uh, it usually takes me an hour. It took me 20 minutes. There's no one on the road. It must be. David, Wednesdays, they don't, they go to, don't well, go to it work. Is, it is August, too, so it is a particularly quiet time of no, year. But, but people are still not. I mean, office buildings are 15 to 20 percent. It's incredible. That's kind of, and that's where they've been for quite some time. That's why I was surprised. Many companies had anticipated a return to work in, let's call it, early September, not right. long after Labor Day. And many, to your point, are delaying that a month. And just what we were talking about at the top of the show, uh, people are waiting and seeing and delaying a bit so they have a better 
better data to make decisions about bringing people back, about doing all sorts of things that at least are going to take place a number of months, a couple of months from now, as we see how the Delta variant. Delta variant, Scott. We got to let it burn out. We're we're not hearing it from schools, though. No. Schools are coming back. Yeah, Yeah, they are. They got people could be home playing rummy cube. (laughs) That's what most people work for JP Morgan do when they're not when they're at home. They play rummy cube. Is that what they do? Yes. And then, Maybe that's why Jamie wants them all back in the office. Yes. Don't you think? Yes. yes. Well, at least on Monday, Friday. I think they have Rummy Cube tournaments. It's good for, good for the math skills. Yes, yes. We will get stopped trading with Jim in a moment. Was the Dow's now up more than uh, 200 points. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. Well, you know, David earlier compared me to the great Matt, who's a seven-year PhD student from uh, New Haven. Uh, and how well he's doing. Well, David, you didn't bring up Norton Lifelock, which is a stock that's up big on an eight, no, nine billion dollar deal. And, and I should have. And that's a that's an omission on my part. There you go. That's what I wanted you to say. Yeah. All right. So tonight I've You're got right. Poshmark. I've got Wendy's. That's it. So you just brought it up because they did a deal. And, you and the stock is up and I forgot to yeah, mention it. Exactly. Your, your it was Poshmark. more about your omission. I think Thank that was Yeah. It was just, you know, he's. You're right. It was an eight, like an eight There's billion dollar. Eight, eight point one, eight point six, depending on. Paybacks, yeah. a ball election. No, just no. It's just a very good deal. Now, Poshmark is a company that didn't do that well last night, and it's got a great business model. Wendy's, yes, we mentioned a terrific quarter. And then Norwegian, we're going to talk about courage. We're going to talk about the courage and the lack of constitutional protection for those who want to be unvaccinated. The state of Florida, uh, Frank Del Rio felt it was really doing a disservice both to our country and to the and to his company. Well, the state of Florida says, listen, right. Frank has no right to be able to check to see if people are vaccinated. Right, right. And this pre- the federal district judge said, well, actually. Well, he, he issued a uh, temporary injunction. Yeah, that's going to be very difficult to overturn. Pending decision. You, you don't, they don't, right. In this country, very rare if you ever ter- overturn a temporary injunction. And I want to point out to the good people at Coinbase uh, that Gary's happy to see you and learn all sorts of things about Bitcoin. <laughs> that's, that's been a good one for you today, G. You got a lot of mileage out of that one. Yeah, it was... <laughs> I was sitting there and I said, oh, they didn't mean to say that. It would take that one back. Take that one back. they got to go to Kramer School. Gotta <laughs> exactly <learn>. right. <laughs> Professor Kramer. We'll see you tonight. Mad Money, <laughs> 6 p.m. Eastern Time. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.